Hello listeners and welcome back to On the Back Foot ahead of Chapel Fell Top. Uh, this Sunday is the fourth race of the English Fell Championships. We've had the medium counter, that were first one was Long, Va- Long Valley, Longmin Valleys in Shropshire. That was an exciting one, back way back in February. Then we came to the lakes for Fairfield Horseshoe in May and on to Duddon Valley back again in the lakes in June. This is now July, we're off to Durham and it's the first short race after two mediums and a long. And that what I thought I would talk about first is a little bit on racing shorter races. Uh, in preparation for Sunday's race, I thought, why not take part in a couple of top league club events that would focus on some of the shorter stuff and get me prepared for running that harder, faster um, speeds, really. So... First up, we had the Totley AC Park Run Challenge, where we're drawn up against another member, um, and then we race each other on our age gradings. We have a club member, Yvonne Twelve Tree, who she's just a legend, and I think her age grade ca- um, at the first one was something like ninety-five percent. So uh, yeah, good luck if you you get uh, drawn against Yvonne. Um, There was also a race within the race uh, on Saturday because, as you all know, uh, me and Bart Shaw have our our long-held ding-dong and I thought I'd take it out. I wanted to see where I was anyway, just off my own running, so I thought I'd take it out relatively hard at um, Encliffe Park Race and led the first lap, came to the second lap, and um, was weaving past a lady with a pram and, and Bart saw his moment to, to strike, took the lead and never looked back. He was fantastic. It was nice to see him uh, just, well, it wasn't nice to see him just gliding away. Of course, it wasn't personally, but I was happy for him. And he raced really well. And uh, yeah, he, he, he took gold. Um, it's a run, not a race. But it was nice to be duking it out up front with Bart. Um, and congratulations to the better man that day. So, yeah, what did I take from that? Well, like I say, I didn't, you know, I wasn't hurting when I went off hard. But the hurt did appear around sort of, yeah, about halfway into the second lap. And... It's definitely a, a, becomes a, a mind mind over matter kind of battle. I think motivation is an interesting one in this. I mean, after Bart had kind of pulled away and I didn't feel like I was getting back to him, I still think I raced hard because it was, you know you can use these things as a as a good practice, can't you? And there was a chap um, who did move into second uh, briefly. So I did manage to close him down. But yeah, it was just right on that edge of, you know, a little bit uncomfortable. Um, can I keep this up? And 
and then you find something at the end and you think, oh god, maybe I didn't try hard enough, but uh, doesn't matter how hard I tried, Bart, Bart was the man that day, so he is now leading, um, and yeah, I'm not sure when we will be racing each other again, so potentially he could just dodge me for the rest of 2024 and be the uh, Shaw Baker champion of 2024, we'll we'll have to see on that I mean you know maybe by now you guys are forming camps on who you support and uh yeah we'll see what we'll see what's in store for me and me and Barty boy um hoping that it wasn't leaving too little time to recover for Sunday and I was also curious because it was it was a 1k relay this Tuesday at Forge Valley in Sheffield a 1k relay followed by it was originally going to be a 3k then it was going to be a 5k elimination race which sounded like something sort of like from you know the good old days of the WWF like a a royal rumble but it wasn't anything like that and then it eventually just became a 5k now I ran 17.32 and cliff and it's a slightly short course but it has got a few twists and turns and a bit of off-road stuff um, so I thought, well, I'll still pop myself in the uh, sub-1730 group. I've not been doing any real track training for, feels like about a year since I've been on the track, but I thought I'd back myself on, on this course. And this turned out to be another another short course too. But now, I had an ace up my sleeve where a good friend gave me a little bit of a pep talk before. And he tactically said, go out steady for the first two laps, because it was a five-lap course. In the third lap, sit in. And as you come into the fourth, that was going to be the time to pick it up and go harder. Emil Zatapek's name got a mention. So we'll see how I did. The laps, I think they're about... 15 metres or something short because the overall thing worked out 75 metres short so we had the splits were 316 lap 1 and at that point I was tucked in around 3rd or 4th running in the pack it was nice to be running in the pack then the second lap 317 still well within the pack there's a bit of jostling for 3rd position here 316 for lap 3 and I think as I was going around the bend, coming back into lap four, I was feeling very comfortable. I found myself on the shoulder of the the leader at the time. And what was brilliant about the race is there was an announcer and he kept getting my name wrong. So he kept calling me Charlie Barker. And that was, I was registering it, so I was having a little giggle in my head. And I thought it was brilliant. Like, this is, I love stuff like that. Just, yeah, just slightly getting people's name wrong and uh, my mates from Totley are having a good laugh and cheering on Charlie Barker and um, we've come into yeah even the guy leading the race has gone oh, Charlie Barker <laughs> running well and I thought do you know what he sounds really relaxed but I feel quite relaxed too so we went into the second to the fourth lap and I suddenly found myself leading this race um, which was it just felt really exciting it felt like being a proper a proper 5k and um, yeah that, that felt alright actually and thought 
Do you know what? It's got a bit harder, but I can run faster. So that one I got around in 3.12. And we come back onto the straight at the start of the fifth lap. And our, he's called Rob Byers. He's a lovely chap and he's very quick and he normally beats me over 5k. So, and he was second fastest over the 1k. So I don't know really why. I decided to believe. I don't really know why I decided I'd be happy with first. But it felt good and I was having fun. And um, he came up beside me and I thought, no, go on, Chaz, you can you can push here. You know, maybe he's trying to bury you. So I thought, right, I'll push a little bit harder. And it was a slight incline. We got to the top and, yeah, that's when my legs became a bit heavy and they were tying up. And I I get a little bit when I'm racing really hard. I get a little bit of like, not, not, almost feel like a numbness in my toes. So, not sure what that one is. Um, from a medical position, it could be a circulatory thing. could be neural tension. God knows. Now I'm really speculating wild rubbish and talking dribble on this. Um, but yeah, good to know. You know, people talk about the pain of the shorter races. Um, really felt I was going as best as I could um, and coming down the, the downhill... I got overtaken and dropped back into third. And that was when I looked up and I saw the back of his head and I thought, reel him in, Chaz, you know, stay with him. Try and focus on the guy ahead and just, just keep with him. Um, and that fifth lap was in 3.17, so it probably worked out. It was 16.20, pro- 16.22. It probably worked out as like a 16.35, 16.45K. I was dead chuffed with it. I had a great race. And I feel, feel like I'd learned, basically, I didn't enjoy <laughs> being out in front of Bart on Saturday. Definitely in my head, I'm happier being the chaser than the chased. We saw what happened on lap four when I decided to lead the race, but I do actually think the other two guys were just a little bit quicker anyway. Really enjoyed being cheered on. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of praise is... Uh, part of the part of the uh, the mix for me running running well um, and yeah it was it was a really good experience so why I'm talking about it, I think these shorter races do hurt a little bit and there's also that do you like being the hunter or do you like being the hunted um, so there's probably a tactical bit in there I think I've got four days to recover which I feel is just about enough. Maybe it will take it out of Sunday, but it's given me a little confidence boost. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You want a bit of confidence going into a good race. I would love to get some points. I'd love to get in the top 50 on Sunday. Um, Whether I will or not, we shall see. Whether I'll get lost on the top of the hill, which doesn't sound like you should in such a short race, but that's what we're coming on to next. Um, when we talk about that oh I've missed out my great jokes haven't I obviously when I got home Charlie Barker got home dad Ronnie was really proud of how I got on my mum Sue she said (laughs) well done laddo (sighs) okay well on to today's episode we have Fran Blackett the race organiser of Chapel Fell Top she's going to take us through a bit of the course um, she had great fun. We had a good, good, uh, 
hearing a bit about Fran herself and her running, learned the phrase running around like a haggis, which actually probably should ask her what that really means. Um, Great guest, really good to hear from her. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the last episode of Rachel Steam. Thought she was brilliant sharing her story. Um, if you ever want to get in touch with a podcast, email me on onthebackfootpod at gmail.com. On the backfootpod is all one word. I'll stick it on the uh, podcast podcast description. And I really hope you enjoy this episode with Fran. This is a podcast, we talk about running, we talk about other things too. So please come and join us, we hope you enjoy this. This is On The Bake Hello Fran, um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast uh, ahead of Chapel Fell Top. Am I now? I'm a real southerner here, so I'm originally from Devon. Am I going to get my pronunciations of everything right? You're from Durham, Fell Runners, and this is Chapel Fell Top. Uh, can you... it. That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you originally from Durham yourself? Uh, so, born in Huddersfield. Uh, yeah, Huddersfield. Away, then, sometime in Portsmouth. And then sometime in Durham. Yeah, then went to university in Scotland. And uh, yeah, so I've kind of dotted around a bit all over the place. But my mum had settled in Durham. So yeah, um, kind of graduated back here. And coming from Huddersfield, a bit of time in Scotland, you've landed in some places there with a bit of potential for fell running. Have you been a fell runner for a good while then? Or? Uh, so no. <laughs> Uh, as a child, always really, uh, really outdoorsy. Uh, so as a child, you know, me and my younger brother, um, four years younger, my mum would always take us sort of Lake District, Peak District, camping, like every spring, summer, like weekends camping, holidays camping, like walking. But running in the mountains wasn't anything that was sort of on my radar uh, at all. So fell running, uh Kind of, oh, I got into fell running when I met Andy Blackett, uh, who is now my husband. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, well, that's where kind of the hill walking kind of became fell running because he's a keen fell runner, a successful fell runner. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, my eyes were opened to the world. Okay. Of so you were quite comfortable hiking around, taking in the views, and then you met Andy. Yeah, having a lovely time, taking <laughs> you know, big bag and walking boots and <laughs> yeah, felt it was something like very much like that other people did. Like it didn't uh hadn't crossed my mind at all that that would be something that I would I don't know be able to do or yeah. so yeah, when me and Andy would first first go out in the fells I would be there with my walking boots on <laughs> big heavy leather walking boots and he'd be there with his uh, innovative talons. Would he be, run- like, would he be running off and coming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it was a proper clash of like, what is this? Um, yeah, so 
do you still do you still have walking boat boots? Because I was talking to a friend and we were like, we're not really sure of the purpose of walking boots actually, because mm-hmm. you can just use fell shoes and they're probably nicer to walk in. I don't know. Unless it's a you know original hiker, you might disagree with me there. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I rarely walk in the fells with them. We do have them. We've got two small boys, um, so they keep the feet warm when you are walking at the pace of a five and six year old (laughs) (laughs) so we do wear them in the winter when walking with the children but any other time yeah I wouldn't they make my feet sore now I think like the like the structure I think yeah and they do just feel a bit heavy and cumbersome don't they yeah definitely you can't really, uh, you can't really try and fell running them. Maybe, maybe we should. Maybe have a handicap race. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did some of the arm last year, and uh, not all of the arm. Some of the arm, and uh, there was someone wearing walking boots, and maybe, maybe they, maybe they were onto something. I don't know. Yeah. Did they? Did they look like they were moving well? Uh, I mean, it was the beginning of day one, so I don't know how far they got. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was literally leaving the start. And I was like, they're wearing walking boots. So, um, I should try and track them down, see, see, see whether they are. Yeah. Or maybe well, they were full of threats. I don't know. <laughs> you were at, if you were at the OM and you were wearing walking boots, please, please contact <laughs> it's a good job i don't think i'm too influential in the world of outdoor sports because uh yeah i don't want to be don't want to br- bring down the walking shoe industry here just when we're especially when we're trying to talk about an upcoming fell race and that <laughs> yeah right. i got distracted entirely off track <laughs> You've given me clues. So if your kids are five and six, um, hmm. you're married to Andy, does that mean you've been fell running for about a decade, maybe around that time? Yeah, yeah, 10 years, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. did you start, like you said, you started out hiking with with Andy and then how did hmm. that happen? Did he sort of say, should we start <laughs> running the downhill bits? Do you want to go for a jog? What's going on? <laughs> interesting kind of realizing I was kind of coming on here and then kind of thinking back like what what's been kind of the timeline the transition so uh, I would run to keep fit so before I met Andy I was like running a bit like I did the great north run a couple of times and but without any kind of like big goals or it was just a just a keeping fit kind of thing and um I was long distance cycling so at the time when I met Andy I was kind of doing a lot of cycling. I'd cycled Land's End to John O'Groats and uh, was doing, I don't know if you've heard of Ordax. No, I haven't actually. It's quite niche. Like, for me, it's like the fell running equivalent of cycling, if you like, in terms of the difference between fell running and trail running. Yeah. In the trail running, you have a lot of feed stations and it's flagged and all of that support. Mm. In a, like, sportif cycling event. Yeah. You have your aid stations and and things, and an Ordax, you just get uh, like checkpoints that you have to go to on your rides, and you just have to collect your own evidence that you've been there. So it might be like a receipt from a shop, it might be 
uh, something from an ATM or like some evidence that you've been on right. this route. Um, and then you come back and when you finish, like it's not officially a race, like there's no prizes for first, you just have to complete and then you get a badge. <laughs> I like a little okay. club badge. <laughs> so I was kind of, <laughs> yeah, quite into that. Like I think they start off at 100 kilometres and I was kind of doing 200, I've done three or four 200 kilometre. Right, so I was quite fit. Yeah. Like at that point when we kind of met. Yeah, so we were hill walking and uh, actually <laughs> <laughs> the weather, um, yes. <laughs> so it worked out fine. It could have gone terribly wrong. So boldly, um, potentially my first fell event race could have been uh, the Lake District Mountain Trial. Okay, um, yeah. You fancy yourself for it. Takes oh. place every September. Um, <laughs> it's like one of the longest running sort of fell events. Um, navigation. So there's different courses, and you you go and you navigate around. Uh, and it's an ambition of mine to to be good enough to get around the classic course. But at the time, Andy was like, so I don't know if it was his his like overconfidence in me or just my like naivety uh, <laughs> and policy. He was like, yeah. You should enter the mountain trial. Uh, you get around the short course. It'll be fine. You can read a map, right? You can read a map. And I was like, yeah, I can read a map. And uh, like, <laughs> I can read a map, but like, I've never done any, like, like the micro navigation to find checkpoints or anything. Read the words on the map. I'm oblivious to like what. <laughs> I'm like, sure I'll enter. So I entered the short course at the mountain trial. It's my first ever. I don't. You have to like do entry requirements. I must have blagged something anyway <laughs> and uh, so we're driving over with Duncan Archer who's also a member of Durham Fell Runners yeah um you know he's kind of a big deal in the British orienteering world mm-hmm. um but I was again entirely naive so we're like traveling over and the weather was pretty bad and uh anyway by the time they got there it was cancelled so this was the 2013 mountain trial in Borrowdale so, like, looking back, that's such a lucky escape because <laughs> you know, I might I might not have survived. Like, so naive. And uh, so we just went for a run and, and came back and, and regrouped, I think. So my <laughs> actual first fell race was a much more sensible um, trip round a race called the Hexham Hobble, Hexhamshire Hobble. Uh-huh. Uh, it goes um, it's about 10 miles in the North Pennines. And it's much more... Um, entry level appropriate so yeah I did that and, and really enjoyed it I was like oh wow yeah nice. here we go slippery <laughs> slope bought my first pair of ex-talons and there we go <laughs> oh the rest is history <laughs> walking boots <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out. <laughs> oh brilliant so you is that like a distance you like around 10 miles? Have you tended to go longer with fell running, shorter? Because Chapel Fell Top's going to be quite short, isn't it? That's uh, it's a little bit. Yeah. Different. So the, there's a reason that uh, I'm race organiser for Chapel Fell Top. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because it's a brilliant race, um, but it's not at all my sort of distance that suits me or. Oh. Uh, yeah, what I would enjoy because, yeah, I've never. So I guess it's probably worth mentioning that even at like what I see now as my peak. Although I wish I'd known that at the time, it would be nice, wouldn't it? If someone could yeah. be like, "This is 
this is yeah, you're right, you're peak. Because at the time, you're like, oh, but I want to do better, but I want to do better. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> so, but I've always been just like middle of the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm never, you know, competing for prizes. Like I would always, um, you know, the race for me would be against the cutoffs. So if I yeah. you know, got round, you know, on like Landale Horseshoe and kind of which I've done and a few mm-hmm. others, that have those cutoffs for me that would be like that was my race <laughs> was was making sure that you know I, I could meet those and that would be a successful successful race if I got round so um as I gained more experience I kind of have graduated and tried a few more navigation events so I did come back to the mountain trial yeah. um doing a few sort of easier ones and um found that those are that's what I enjoy. Um, mm. I don't know if you're aware of like the Kong mini mountain marathons. Quite a few oh. tickets in the Peak District, and yeah, they're yeah. like four hours. Score, course, score, find the checkpoints. Yeah, can and and that that's what I've kind of graduated towards, and find that I enjoy more because, especially when I came back to running after having our two children then those cutoffs were then even harder to meet you know and then and then it just added like a level of stress um it's fun i'm gonna make it yeah uh, so yeah so and i can and it's sh- jeopardy. <laughs> yeah i have a lot more success in the navigation events because i can um i've got a lot better at the map reading and so like a few wily route choices can uh catch me up a few places yeah uh, yeah so yeah and and, yeah so probably longer stuff longer stuff suits me better I'm kind of with some now slow and steady yeah I'm not yeah that makes sense it makes total sense I had a few questions sort of building up as you were speaking so obviously (laughs) you like a little bit of nav in there that adds a bit of excitement to it for you we (laughs) One of um, my uh, club mates at Totley, he made us a choco last year. So I had to run around trying to, you know, link up navigational points. And I'm terrible at navigation, but I had such a fun time doing that. And I think I was out for like three or four hours, you know, probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And, and trying to find ways. And once you'd worked out, OK, so this checkpoint is here and this checkpoint is there. And then really trying to figure out like what you thought would be the best route between them, what might be the quickest way to go was a lot of fun. Luckily, I knew the terrain a little bit because I think I'd really struggled to do that somewhere where I didn't. Um, so I can see is that that's a big part of it for you. Then you quite enjoy and, and you must be quite quick to be able to go, OK, that line looks like it's going to suit me. That line doesn't. Is that is that sort of a fair yeah 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 definitely um and I don't always get I don't always get it right still um but I do enjoy um yeah it's almost like the problem solving isn't it and um along with a friend we held our club like a a navigation day um Mm. another thing I've done up is uh set up a ladies night at our running club uh, just to encourage uh, female participation because yep. years 
only four of us, four, five. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> things and this has been incredible. But navigation for them is like, oh gosh, no, like I couldn't yeah. do I couldn't do a fell race because I can't navigate. So I yeah. just it was like a huge barrier to them. So we held this navigation day. And like your friend, like we set up some checkpoints and we were just going round together. It wasn't in any way competitive. Um but the uh the lady I was going around was like, oh my gosh. We put like the proper flags and stuff, and she's like, oh, gosh, there it is. And it's that it's that excitement, isn't it? She's like, it's like treasure hunting. I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like treasure hunting for adults. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it, it's like a game, isn't it? And you kind of get there and you, you see that flag, and there's always that, yes, nailed it, got it. Just that yeah, yeah I just yeah, really really enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think what I experienced was a sort of, oh, like a shock of, oh, I have actually turned up at the right place. <laughs> I'm all the chances of that happening. <laughs> what are the chances of that happening? It's a point when you get to where you think it's supposed to be. Oh. You're like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever, have you ever had any major um, events of that that, that stand out uh, any time you really think? Good luck, got it wrong. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I'm going to mention the mountain trial again. I didn't realise I was going to bring it up. So the, the actual is um, when so that was would have been a year later, 2014. Went from Patterdale, and um, I won. I did. I was. I think I was second last, like in the short score, yeah. because I spent. I don't know. I think I probably spent about an hour of my time just. It was Ray's or one of those hills up on the Helvellyn range. Mm. And I was just running around it, I think, like a haggis. Like, I don't know how many times. I kept, like, coming around and I'd be like, oh, here's Sticks Path again. I can't even remember where I was trying to get to. But, yeah, like, the cloud was down a bit and just terrible. And then, yeah. and, then I, oh, and then I was on my way to another um, checkpoint. And I'll always remember I was going up this path. Everyone else was coming the other way. I remember just thinking, I don't think I don't think I've made a good choice here. Like, I think everyone else had contoured the hillside, you know, and I'd come all, all the way around on the path. Yeah. Lots of people to get it wrong though, because lots of, you know, I'm always trying to encourage people to to do these navigation events. And I was like, oh no, but I'd get lost. I'm like, but that's okay. It's all right. Like, there's this fear, isn't there, of getting lost? But it's all right to get lost. Yeah. So you can to a valley, you'll, you'll get out eventually, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Is there a Strava trace of that one where you ran round and round in circles around Ray's? That'd be, that'd be a good one to oh, see, wouldn't it? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe I deleted it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you say you're still here. You obviously keep finding yourself again. So <laughs> you look like you found your way to your lap. <laughs> and then going back to the uh, the other thing you were talking about, if what about with the the chasing the checkpoints? Now, um, trying to phrase this without sounding arrogant, really. it's not something I've experienced. <laughs> but I'd love to hear more about it because it's it's really nice hearing hearing it from everybody's perspective. You know, like I've had some people on who who win races and really challenge at the top end. But you know, it's all right hearing from winner after winner. But eventually, you start to hear the same thing. Whereas 
I don't know, is it is it really nerve wracking feeling like you're not going to make a make oh, a sick, sick feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I did I've only ever done a Langdale horseshoe once. Um there's always I mean I know this now, I don't think I knew it at the time. Um so it was 2015. Um I put myself at the back because I'm like, well, I don't want to like hold everyone up. Mm. Uh, not knowing that there's always like a real bottleneck at the start oh. of Langdale Horseshoe, which I was oblivious to. And I just remember being so stressed. So I put myself at the back of the field for the start. And then I remember just standing there for ages and just walking, oh. walking for that whole like, do you know? Yeah. Do you know the like, yeah. At the start, yeah. Back, doesn't it? Before you even start climbing up. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, I haven't got time for this. <laughs> I haven't got time to be stuck here. I need to be moving. Way around, shouldn't they? They should have the they should have the the, the winners at the back walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like from the off, I remember that race being really stressful because I was like, "Well, I'm losing time already. It's not even my fault. It's not even because I'm running slowly. I'm just stuck here." <laughs> yeah, and I only just made it. Yeah, I remember the the, the cut off at S cause. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if you're really close to, a, you know, not making a checkpoint, making a checkpoint, what are the marshals like when you're there? Are they like over the, are they really like congratulatory? Are they, are they a mixed bag or? Uh, yeah, I think just generally like, well, like, well done. Like I don't remember anyone being like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good because I hate like I get really like if people um I like cheering me. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's another reason why I like the navigation thing is because it's more like low key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, people are like, whoa, yeah, you do really well. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> like, I just find it really stressful. <laughs> Would you like people to cheer anything on for you? Because I mean, I've been supporting people at races sometimes, I always hate myself when I go keep on running it's like like the most use, useless shout like oh, I was gonna stop until you said that like you know <laughs> yeah no. it's hard to say, isn't it? I think generally I just give like a a little clap yeah <laughs> a little clap maybe a well done but nothing yeah, well done. Yeah. nothing too much <laughs> oh brilliant okay so I've got a nice picture of where you are in the field and you know what kind of running that you like and then you've you've been with Durham for fell runners for about the same time as you met Andy is that how you met yeah yeah so 10 years about 10 years yeah and then you say there's been about four women at the club fell running but now yeah since I joined yeah between four and six maybe okay and then yeah. you've been trying to grow that side of it by putting on a, a women's night. And then when did you take over um, organising Chapel Fell Top? So Chapel Fell Top um, was first organised, I think, um, 1999, is that right? I've got it written down. I'm rubbish with dates. 1999 okay. um, by a 
running club in Darlington called Quakers. Uh-huh. And it ran for a few years and then it stopped. Um, and then it was suggested Stu, Stu Ferguson, now chair of the FRA, was at Durham Fell Runners at the time. He suggested to Andy um, that we restarted it again. So this was around 2012. Um I think was it 2012, sort of around then. Yeah. And then um, Andy kind of pondered it for a few years, mm-hmm. and then it was first then rerun in 2016. Okay. Um, and then the following year, just trying to get it all right. Yeah. So then the following year, so he ran it as race organizer. He was race organizer and he ran it. That's right. So I was there. So I was heavily pregnant with our first boy. He organized it as kind of its first kind of time for a while. And then yeah. the following year they changed the rules and the race was in the Northeast Champs. So uh-huh. Andy wanted to race it. So then I took over uh-huh. the organizer so that he raced in it. So it kind of, yeah, almost sort of by accident or I kind of helped him out the year before and he uh, really enjoys re- like running in the Northeast Championships and kind of competing in that. So yeah, it was a way to let him race because it's a race that much more suits him. Uh, like it was never a race that I was going to be interested in in running in. So, so yeah, so then took it on, which yeah, was yeah the first, <laughs> really stressful that first year just um feeling so responsible you know you're sending all these uh people up onto the onto the top of the fell and you just hope that they all come back yeah. <laughs> i remember just being those like what counting everyone back in and just like that feeling of relief like oh yeah no we've got everyone back it's okay <laughs> okay yeah so i mean that'd be a really interesting thing to hear about i think would be you know what what goes into you're talking there about the feelings that you have on the day of the race. So hoping everyone survives yeah. <laughs> at home. And isn't that person who decides halfway through the race, it's not their day and, you know, jumps in a taxi and doesn't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> the race organiser for you, yeah. Yeah. So what, what kind of things have you got to do before the race gets started? Have you, because in the Peak District, we seem to have to ask for a lot of like land permission stuff and, contact the national trust if we're going through any of their land or you know national park if we're using any of their their bits is there a lot of that kind of stuff that you've got is there a lot of heavy admin side to it yeah so now it's been running what will this be it's ninth year 2016 what are we 23 yeah. uh seventh year yeah um, we're now so I've got quite an established relationship with the landowner. So there's just one landowner that we need to um, kind of confirm things yeah. with. Um, but yeah, and they're always they're always really supportive. Uh, but I do know that this is, you know, an issue for race organisers and um, and yeah, just get getting getting those permissions for for races to to. Uh, be able to to take place so yeah so it's getting in touch with them uh and the rest so the first half of the race is uh footpath and track so that's mm-hmm. all right 
then the second half on the open file uh, is where we need the the permissions. So yeah, so that's always the first step is to um, kind of get get in touch with them, check that check that they're all happy with that. Uh, yeah, and then so normally we only have about sixty runners. The most we've had prior to this year has been sixty six. Oh. <laughs> So it's normally like a nice Tuesday evening after work, like yeah. cafe would stay open to give cake and cups of tea when you finish. And but seriously, Loki, so this year has been a, it's a little bit different. <laughs> I think it was 297 at the moment. And uh, yeah, a few more last minute entries. Probably. Said, yeah, a few last minute entries. You've got a week left. <laughs> Uh, so what's that meant for you in terms of organizing then is, is it been you know have you been had to think about car parking about i don't know how the race might suddenly bump bunch up at various bits um yeah so yeah so we've um sort of changed the start we've changed then the finish is slightly different and yeah just thinking through okay how where is there going to be two-way traffic uh, on the track at the start and just yeah. changing things slightly. And so there has been more, more landowner kind of talking to the, the local farmers yeah. <laughs> and challenging themselves. You know, they have a landline number and that's it. And so like trying to get hold of them and they're like, oh yeah, no, that'd be great. When's that? But then thinking, Do they, are they sure? Shall I bring them again? Is that... Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but they've all been really supportive as well. Um, uh, in terms of like the local fields, we've got hold of a local field for the car parking, and then a different field uh, to put the finish in. And yeah, going up, running it, having a look at it, thinking, oh, can two hundred runners? Because I'm going to turn turn right off the road is that going to be okay to turn right off the road and through that gate is that going to work and we're like yeah like all these like logistics thinking okay so if we're like five runners abreast and we all turn right around here and <laughs> turn the club up for a recce and kind of tried out a few different things and oh brilliant like yeah kind of like an interesting project i think uh yeah kind of approach it like a project and uh yeah you put a lot of work into it from the sounds of it you've like you've, you've really done your homework so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure everyone's going to appreciate that on the day when I, no doubt it runs runs smoothly for you <laughs> so in like a last minute we had to finally like confirm the toilets uh like the portaloo delivery and we we're like how many toilets and she was like i would say we've got so we've got about 300 entrants and yeah. she said a minimum of four and uh we were like, it's four toilets. And then we're like trying to do all this mental maths about like, right, if we've got 300 people and four toilets, is that going to be enough? Is that okay? How many people? Okay, so the men's race is about 200 men. They're all going to need a wee before they race. It's like 400, 200 men are queuing up at four toilets. I was like, that's 50 people in a queue. I'm not sure we can do that. So like just, yeah, like little things like, oh, but we don't want to order too many toilets. And oh. like, because uh, all, all costs, doesn't it? And then kind of you want to try and uh, make sure that you break even. And... Yeah. So anyway, we've gone for five toilets and hopefully that'll be enough. 
and runners on race days i think that that increases the amount of visits and you said earlier you're a teacher maybe this is a lovely gcse maths problem you've got 300 fell runners you've got four toilets <laughs> what one race how long is it going to take them all to have a quick week <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, nice <laughs> so yeah you definitely having I mean, to put a lot of thought into it and um you were you approached by nick barber then i think he mentioned to me he'd sort of been up and raced it last year and thought oh yeah there's some potential in this and yeah so he bumped into andy at ennerdale race yeah before um and they they, they know each other um anyway and um, mm. nick kind of mentioned wanting to have one in the northeast and uh yeah. so yeah and you know we look like chaffafell top like it's yeah it's a tricky little race it's not to be underestimated and uh yeah nick came and, and ran it last year and uh really enjoyed it which was which was brilliant because like we love it and kind of so it was nice for for nick to come and kind of give it his seal of approval and uh what... yeah, so I'm excited to see what people think of it yeah I mean, what would it be up against if if we're looking at other northeast foul races? Are there other ones that you would recommend that are up like up there? Is has he managed to find the find the best one for for the champs? I mean, I think it's the best one. Well, you are, <laughs> <I'm talking either. laughs> Brilliant. Is that one like the Cockfield Chase or something? Is that yeah? One? The Cockfield Chase is. Um like just around the corner from where we live. So that's one that Andy set up. Yeah. Um, so that's very, so the, the kind of, his aim with the Cockfield Chase was to, uh, for people to have it as a a first fell run. Oh, lovely. So, so yeah, so it, yeah, it's great, but it's not like challenging in the way that uh, Chaffell Top is. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about Chaffell Top the route? Could you talk us through it? For it's quite a ha- handy thing to have, have in the preview episode. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll do the the Champs edition. Yeah. <laughs> it's start down on the road uh, in the village. Um, then it's going to go up through the finishing field, um, and then you just keep going up. So it's tough because you you know the starting gun's going to go, and you're going to keep running up until you get to the top of yeah. uh fell top like pretty relentlessly so the first bit you go up through the fields and then you hit a track um so it's just kind of a rutted farm track you're just going to keep on heading up and <laughs> keep going up it it's runnable yeah it's runnable um so yeah not too steep mm-hmm. uh, you'll take a right turn on a track which is going to be marshalled. So back to like race organizer head. Um, yeah. It's never normally marshalled and flagged. Like I never, I'm quite anti flagging <laughs> on bell races. Like I would want it to be kind of, uh, yeah, it's like untouched as possible, I suppose. Hmm. So I've had this like debate about whether I marshal this, this uh, path junction or not. I've decided I am going to. So there are going to be marshals there. So you turn right onto a track and then you head up and you go through the gate. And then you're on the open fell. Yeah. Um, and you're just kind of 
look up and you won't be able to see the top yet. It's kind of grassy, tussocky, um, and you've got a choice. So this is your first kind of route choice. Mm. Uh, you'll see there's a wall corner and you can either stick to the right and kind of follow the wall and you'll be running on a grassy track. Or you can head straight for that wall corner, cutting off the corner, but there you're on rough, tussocky ground. So I guess kind of that's kind of your choice. Can you run faster on the on the grassy track or are you good enough on the rough ground to kind of make a beeline for that wall corner and save time? So, so that'll be interesting to kind of... See who goes which way and whether that kind of pays off for them or not. Um, you head up, you get to that wall corner. That's quite like a steep uh, sort of kick up where you yeah. see the wall corner. And then you just need to keep heading up. It kind of plateaus a bit and there's a bit of sort of no man's land there. Um, we've got a, one of our members, Chris Albra, actually lives in the village, lives in St. John's Chapel. Um he he knows every single blade of grass uh, on that fell, and there never used there never used to be a trod up there, but but there is a little there is a trod there, and I think it is just created uh, by Chris's recce's and uh, his training uh, up and down up and down the fell there. So you kind of head across; it's a bit kind of boggy, flat. Once you've crossed that kind of flat, boggy bit, then. Yeah, you're not going to be able to kind of see. You're going to have to have a line. Some people take uh, a bearing from the wall corner to the summit and have that ready on their compass, and then they can just um, check that they're heading in the right direction. But, yeah, then the route choice, you're just going to have to kind of, yeah, make your way up there. I'm not sure I've ever been uh, the same way from that wall corner up to the summit. I'm not sure I've been the same way uh, up and down uh twice to be honest um so yeah you just kind of make your way up as you get higher up you're going to hit some uh peak gruffs and you just need to yeah pick which one which one you're gonna go up to to, to lead you up to the summit yeah so then you kind of you're gonna go um like on the top like on the heathery uh grassy bit or are you going to go down into the peak gruff and run up run up the peak pretty dry at the moment so that might influence your your route choice as to as to where you're going to go the the summit turnaround point it does say this on the race maps but it's worth just reiterating that the race summit is not the true summit that is marked on the map so you do need to navigate to the race summit uh that is marked on the map there is a cairn and there will be two marshals and there will be your dibber boxes to to dim, uh, which is new for this. So normally, normally the marshals just take your number and then you turn around and go back down. But you'll have dibbers this year, uh, so you just dib at the summit and dib at the finish. So there's only uh, those two places for your for your timing. So you're gonna yeah hit the summit. Um, I mean, this is all assuming that it's clear. Like in my mind, it's a lovely uh, July summer's day. It might not be if the clag. If the clag is down, I've not had, um, I've not had to run it where the cloud has been down, but that is my fear because past that, past that wall corner, it's so featureless that uh-huh. if, we, 
if we do have a foggy day, I just, there's just going to be people everywhere. Um, yeah, good luck, guys. If, <laughs> if it's foggy. Uh, yeah, so you're going to yeah hit that summit and then you are turning around and you're coming back down. Probably not exactly the way they came up because... Because, <laughs> mm. uh, uh, yeah, because you're always going to kind of get dropped. But, yeah, it's just a straight out and back route. So pretty important to make sure you're heading north when you come off that summit because... Uh, otherwise you're going to drop down into the wrong valley um <laughs> yeah hit that summit checkpoint and then turn around and fly back down to the finish it's downhill all the way uh, yeah so that first bit is quite rough tussocky rocky bits of rock and things and then and then you're just going to hit that track and you're just gonna yeah full gas full gas all the way down oh great yeah there's a so you're saying there's potential for some people getting a bit mixed up on their route despite it being quite a short race yeah definitely has that happened strict in the like in the route description i'm quite strict in kind of saying or this isn't for beginners because you can make 7k yeah sure like um but it's 7k with 400 meters of ascent and that bit on the open valley is is entirely pathless so it's uh it's got it's got its challenges yeah brilliant i mean i've not managed to get up for a recce so i'm quite excited I, what i was thinking i'll probably hike recce a day before um but yeah i just think in my head i'm like i, I can't quite conceptualize how <laughs> how yeah like say 7k like, how am I going to get lost on that? I mean, <laughs> maybe I've got the skills. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. It's like, okay, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what's at the top there. Like <laughs> when you, yeah, like when you turn around and you kind of you head off north. I think there's something about the way that the hill falls. It's easy mm. to be drawn. Um, People are often drawn too far to the right, okay. and then you kind of miss that miss that gate. So as you're coming down, I think I think the ground must just somehow just like feel like it's nicer running that way or yeah. easier that way. So yeah, when people have uh, gone off course, they've either kind of been drawn. There are walls that will kind of catch you if you like. So if you hit a wall, then you just need to yeah. Yeah, that could have cost you. Know, like, oh, I'm gonna hit that wall. Do I need to turn left to get back to the gate, or do I need to turn right? So that could have cost you some serious time in a short place. Yeah, I see. Okay, cool. And I mean, I suppose you'll get the best insight to it this year, having a dibber at the top. But do you know of people during the race, you know, getting to the top in first and having a calamity and? you know, ending up way down the field or have there been any stories? Yeah, I think twice my the leader has um, missed that turn off the track. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the leader has ever gone wrong out on, out on the open foul. Okay. But definitely twice the leader has, if you miss that left turn, you end up um, like in the next village. And then you have the run of shame back along the main road. <laughs> finish the wrong way. So, yeah, that, that's happened twice, 
thing. Oh, I think if anyone ends up doing the run of shame, do you think I should try and get them on the next pod? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they have to run past two marshals this year, so they'll have done well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone with real skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you should definitely get them on. <laughs> A little while ago, one of one of the guests, um, she mentioned uh, Nick Jackson had mentioned how much she enjoyed it in the COVID years when actually the women's race might go off on its own. And then when we had Buckton Pike last year, they did the women's race before the men's race, which was from a spectator point or a participant point of view, I thought was brilliant because you got to watch the women's race before you went and did the race yourself. And I also thought, you know, in, in a short race with lots of people, it probably was like quite a sensible. Is that going to happen on on Sunday, or is that is that something you'd thought about, or are you having it all as one big uh, mixed mixed race? What, what what are your thoughts on that? So they we've got separate races. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So the men the men are going first at one o'clock, um, and then the women will race at two o'clock. Oh, brilliant uh yeah so kind of um mainly uh, uh logistics wise well I think it, yeah I think it's nice for the the women's race to be separate from the men's race I guess like I don't have much never <laughs> racing at the front mm. <laughs> like I don't have like experience of how that would be different um but I think just yeah like from a kind of like spectator's point of view and kind of from a like this is the women's race and they are all racing against each other I I can see that that kind of is exciting it makes it completely different doesn't it from uh from them racing together and I think yeah if some races are like that then I think kind of yeah gives them the opportunity at Chapel top because there will be uh, some crossover on that track so oh. um when the met the last finishes or the later finishes in the men's race will still be coming down the track when the women's race is going up yeah so because the women's race is smaller uh fewer people running in it it made sense for that for there to be fewer people coming up the track when there were still people coming down if that makes sense yeah, of course rather than the women coming down the track and then 200 men like trying to get up the track that kind of yeah like logistically that that didn't work um but the men because it's such a short race the most men will be finished before the women start so hopefully yeah there'll still be like a big big crowd to cheer the women uh definitely up and then yeah, and then they'll all be finished by the time the women by the time the women are finishing. Then, uh, yeah, everyone should be able to cheer them in, and the women will be able to cheer the first men in as well. So hopefully, um, people will be able to watch each other. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool. I, I, I was, a friend of mine was sort of saying the only other way you could sort of do it because the short races it obviously works quite well to have them back to back because it's you know hopefully you're not leaving your marshal out on the hill for for four maybe if it was a four hour one that could then become like eight hours or something daft if you did that on a medium or long race um the only other idea someone had had was like you know 
almost making a weekend out of it and doing if it was a medium or a long you could do the women's on one day and the men's on the other but it must be tough for you to get I mean I suppose are you not needing too many marshals for this race how many have you had to drum up for 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 Sunday's race I have, I have got more than normal and yeah. just because they're going to be out there for longer I've put them in pairs just so they're not yeah. stuck by themselves um and thankfully like really well supported like I think most of the club are, are going to be there like we're a really small club there's only about 70 members so wow um, and you've got six marshals about 20 people helping oh, uh, like, people at registration and car parking and yeah. Like all those little jobs that, that that wouldn't normally be there. Yeah, uh, yeah. You sound like you've yeah. You sound like you've put a hell of a lot of effort into it. So I really hope it's uh you know it all goes off without it. Like, it's exciting. It's never been to it's never been yeah. to County Durham before, and like you know I open you know when SI entries opened and like all oh, these entries are popping in and you're like oh my gosh yeah it's <laughs> Brilliant. And then one of our members last week, he's like, um, why is Finley Wilde not coming? I was like, I don't know why Finley Wilde isn't coming. Like, he's not impressed until, like, have you seen who else is on the entry list, though? And he's like, meh. Does he understand? Does he understand? Tom Dobbin would love you to come. But this isn't isn't a British one, is it? it No. So maybe. Maybe I, I mean, why, why? I was like, yeah, I, I didn't get it. I was like, why would Finley Wild be coming? He's like, I don't know. I, just... <laughs> anyway. I think let's let's criticise here on the podcast. Let's criticise Finley Wild for having a lack of <laughs> commitment to the I'm English. That. Okay. That. Just, you know, Tom Dobbin would love it if you came. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe you'll hear this. He wants to come down and do the prize giving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah well um okay so and a little bit more on durham fell runners so you say you've got like what 90 90 odd members you purely about 70, 70. Yeah, about 70 yeah wow is that because what, what why do you think that is is it just that it's not a natural fell running base durham or Possibly. Do you have a bit of a do you have a bit of travel to get out to your So we yeah, so we train in um Hampstead Forest, which is I guess it is probably quite rem- quite remote. It's maybe about a forty minute drive from Durham. Okay. Um Yeah, it's not like natural kind of fell running country is it maybe does that mean that the members that you've got are a real hardcore of uh we are uh, pretty hardcore we are pretty hardcore (laughs) we are it's it's great there's real depth within it so although it's although it's small you know we've got you know there's a lot of experienced uh runners there and runners that do kind of all sorts of crazy crazy things and yeah great experience there so yeah we're small but we're happy and uh, yeah. welcoming. If anyone, uh, if anyone is thinking about getting into fell running and uh, yeah, something different. Yeah, I'm sure it'll put you on the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, I think we've covered 
the race pretty well there. I don't think there's anything that you haven't said that people can expect, really, can you? I mean, it's going to be short, but you're going to need to know where you're going. You might even yeah. need to get your compass out of your bum bag at one point. Uh, yeah. Get your race map, which has got some information on there for you that's worth having a look at from, from the Zazzle. Uh, race, map, race map is on the website. You can download it. Uh, there'll be some there on the day as well. Have you noticed a lot of people up there recce in it? Have you been out and about and seeing all sorts of faces that you've not traditionally seen on the hill or have you not been around to notice? Yeah, so it's about half an hour away from where I live, so I don't... Um, <laughs> not patrolling it. Yeah, I've been up there, <laughs> but I have heard a few people... Um, yeah, someone else was up there and they bumped into someone who was wrecking it. And yeah, so I think I had an email from someone who was heading up there and they just wanted to check about landowner's permission and things. So I think a few people have been uh, heading up there to to follow Chris's Chris's tracks up that hill. <laughs> so he's the man to look out for, is he? Shall I? Have you got a description of him so I know who to who, who to <laughs> <He's> <laughs> look out for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be wearing our uh, purple and white vest um yeah i mean word is local lo- local uh local word is that uh there's a local gonna win it so um oh wow yeah that's what i heard i was chatting to the lady who uh owns the hall that we're going to use for registration and uh that's what she'd heard so wow. look out there could be a local a local on your heels oh, wow. <laughs> yeah great stuff yeah no, Chris is there. Uh, he holds the course record for um, two of our other races. We do. Um, my husband Andy runs a, a winter version of the Chapel Top route. Calls yeah. it a silent night race. It's always on the oh. Monday before Christmas uh, at night. So, um, so it's all in the dark. And uh, yeah, he holds the record for that. He holds the record for our other race, uh, Bolly Oak Cars, and uh, last winter. Uh, Chris was over in the lakes and got some got some handy results. So, yeah, if anyone makes uh, any of the top guys make a bit of an error, I reckon Chris will be on their heels. So nice. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, that's definitely, yeah, definitely a bit of inside info. Um, we won't, yeah, we're probably looking at who's coming up in the race, I think, I'm not going to do that before this race because I haven't really done my research this time. <laughs> I've been a bit slack. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like the other thing is I think the short races can be so different from the medium and the long ones that I think this is an opportunity for some people to come in and surprise. Um, also, you never know, like with the first race being in February, the first fell race of the champs being in February, and then you've had a few months There might have been some people who have struggled with injuries, but some people are coming back. So I think, especially with the nature of the course, that all sorts could go off on the top. I think it could be fun to just leave it with an air of mystery um, about who we think is going to be a challenger. And also, I think some of the people at the the high end, I mean, I hope we haven't just piled a load of pressure on Chris. I have heard a couple (laughs) of (laughs) <laughs> so they prefer not to listen to the episode before the race. Uh, mm. I don't want to hear them getting name dropped or singled out for a good performance. Yeah. So uh, we'll leave that 
side of it. We know that you've put a lot of work into it. Um, so thank you for that. Would you recommend organising a race to other people? Would you say it's something that's uh, worth <laughs> putting yourself out for? And Yeah, yeah. I, definitely, I definitely would. Um, it's always so nice um, at the end of the race and, you know, people come up to you and they're like, oh, thank you so much. That was brilliant. Like, I've had such a great evening. That was such a great race. I've had so much fun. And, yeah, leaves you with like a warm fuzzy glow because you're like yeah they've kind of you've kind of put something on and they've got something out of it and uh and I think it's really important it's like nice to kind of put something back and you know if we all kind of like normally obviously this year's had a lot more work but but normally once you've done your first two, like at the beginning, it is quite stressful, but it's like anything, isn't it? The more you do it, then like the less stressful it, it becomes. But I really, I really would recommend it. I find it really rewarding and, and kind of, yeah, satisfying. Seeing everyone have, seeing everyone have a, a, a great time and enjoy it just, yeah, makes you feel happy. I like it. And are you happy with loud hailer in your hand? You're not that, you're okay with that bit as well? With the what, sorry? With the loud hailer in your hand. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm dreading that. Do you know the bit that I like, dread the most is, like, doing the briefing and then ready, steady, go. So I was like, what do I say? Do I say, on your marks, get, set, go? Do I say, three, two, one, go? Do I say, like, what is it, the false star? What are we going to do? Like, that's like, it's like, it's like tiny things. Yeah. And my friend's bought, she's bought me a megaphone. And <laughs> it's dark. Oh my gosh! Yeah, once those briefings and once the races are started, I'll be happy. Like that's <laughs> that's your that's your last bit, really, isn't it? That's your last yeah. little. Uh, you haven't got you haven't got a local like the the local mayor come round to do the stars. <laughs> <laughs> local farmer would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just get my two boys to do it. Look and ring their cowbells. <laughs> Yeah, do whatever you need. As long as long as as long as you start the race, <laughs> don't matter how. <laughs> oh, we've, got, we've got some silly questions that uh, have become sort of a regular thing that we ask. So, if we were really pumping, fell running up, which don't worry, not intending to do in this way, and uh, you had walkout music, you know, like in the boxing or the the old WWF, but what? <laughs> What song would you come out to, Fran? What would uh, what would be like your your theme tune? My theme tune. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is always uh, this is a song that's off, always on my uh, like running playlists or like if I'm doing a run where kind of want to try and or if I'm feeling a bit demotivated and I just want to put put a song on that's that's going to get me up going. So it's Florence and the Machine and uh, Shake It Out, just because it's about like getting the devil off your back and I'm always like when I'm running like that chorus just really resonates and like you're like yeah come on I can do it you can do it so yeah I've come out I've come out to that oh brilliant <laughs> in your boxing robe in your yeah <laughs> I mean I wouldn't I'd be running in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and imagine imagine a world where where I was able to do that then yeah I'd be coming out <laughs> Oh. Uh, that's great 
And uh, if you could take one fell running legend for tea, uh, who would you take and what would you have for your dinner? Oh, so I hope this isn't too tenuous a link. No, nothing's too tenuous. <laughs> <laughs> I would go for dinner uh, with Gwen Moffat. I don't know if you've heard of her. So she's not technically a fell runner, so she's a mountaineer and rock okay. climber. Um okay. Absolute legend. I read her book, um, Space Space Beneath My Feet or Space Below My Feet. And she was just like, just fearless in um, basically just kind of, it doesn't matter that women don't go rock climbing. I'm going to go rock climbing. She was the first uh, mountain, female mountain guide, I think. And just like, just I'm just going to go and do it. And I'd just be absolutely fascinated just to uh, chat. Yeah, chat to her about all of her adventures and just like be inspired by her kind of determination and like fearlessness. Um, I'd probably take her for an Italian and just, um, yeah, have a bit of pasta. Some of uh, pasta themes, like any meal, pasta, pasta, they'll do. <laughs> well, I, I like to think it's a, you know, it's a welcoming community. So as long as you can get her to agree to have a punt at a fell race before the dinner, then she's allowed. She'd, I'm sure she'd be called a fell running legend. Yeah, she's she's, I, mean, I think she's about 97, but um, yeah. I reckon when she does, she'll be running. Like, legend then. <laughs> I'm sure she'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I think, do you know... I don't want to say anyone and then see them like at Chapel Fell Top and then I'll be like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I thought I'd go left field a bit. <laughs> I like it. She could come and start the race. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she could. If you're listening, Gwen. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, it's been really good having you on, Fran. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. I will will do a little intro and a little outro during this week. Uh, It's been probably going to be around the weekend. I'd expect to get the episode out because I've got a a bit of stuff on. Um, If there's anything you'd like to say to anybody now that you've got the microphone, uh, anything you want to warn people ahead of Chapel Fell Top, um please bring appropriate footwear. <laughs> oh my god, bring appropriate footwear. Bring a compass. <laughs> bring cash to spend in the village. That would be great. Support our local businesses. Yeah. Um, or bring five pounds for car parking. Yeah. Um, Is it great yeah, a- time? We're, we're just so excited. Uh yeah, to be welcoming everyone. It's gonna be uh yeah going to be a real treat of a day we can't wait it's going to be brilliant great and the durham vest you said is purple with a white stripe purple and white stripes i think i've seen it a few times um never know we might even see one high up in the uh in the placings you never know if he's caught running if he's caught running back from the the neighboring village (laughs) he will be on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right well that's a nice uh that's probably a nice note to end on and uh good luck with getting everything ready good luck with your you know your launch of the actual race itself i'm sure yeah. having spoken to you today i'm sure it won't be a, 
an issue at all. You've done it loads of times before. Anyway, it's just there's just more of us <laughs> this time. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks again, Fran, and uh, look forward to seeing you not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. A Lancashire accent. A funny man. Opinions about fur running. It's Alex Fowler. Evening, Charles. Alex Fowler here. Hope you're all right. Um, hello to the listeners also. Um, Charlie Boy has asked me to give my little pundits review of the up-and-coming Chapel Fell Top Fell Race. Um, uh, so here is my little insight. So, ladies first. I've noticed Philip Williams is back in and entered for this one. Um, if betting on fell running was a thing, I would say that you wouldn't touch this one with a barge pole. You would not waste your 50p um betting on it because it's such a dead sir I reckon no offence the other ladies that Philip is that fast I reckon she's quite literally going to run away with this one so um, I'm putting her neck out without straining it too far that I reckon Philippa Williams is going to kick ass uh, and take the win here I reckon she's going to do well and scalp a few men as well uh, there's going to be a few lads getting chicked as they call it because um, she is pretty fabulous isn't she um, Queen are coming second Nicola Jackson Erica Nick's looking well for second here as well so if for whatever reason Philippa don't win my caveat here is Nick's going to take it um, and I see that Antonia Fan um, is, is entered and I imagine she's going to be right up there Vic Wilkinson and Sharon Taylor are both in absolute legends that they are I don't think they've got the speed to beat the ladies that I've mentioned before but I reckon they'll feature and uh, Eve Panon, Panoni, sorry I forgot the E there um, I think she'll feature pretty well as well as well as well, this is great English what a shocking report this, sorry Charlie um, she'll do well she'll take the under 23 and Alexandra Whitaker will be snapping at her heels but I don't think she'll be snapping uh, with enough bite to beat her, so that's the ladies so yeah, Philippa for the win Nick second, Antonia third. I'm going to say Vic and Sharon. Some 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 little dark horse is going to come in there, push them two down a little bit. Um, yeah, be interesting. Men's going straight out there. Grant Cunliffe's going to win. End of end of no, no, I'm joking. Um, he was 20. Um, obviously, he won Fairfield. Now I reckon. It was a bit of a dark horse at Fairfield, and I don't reckon, or I reckon the lads will have been a bit shocked that he was uh, as up there as he was. Now, his cars are definitely marked, but as it's such a short race and it's as rough as it is, there's no tactics can play in it, and I reckon this is literally balls out, whoever's fastest wins. So, uh, Charlie Boy mentioned Dan Auer set a rapid 5k. 
recently. So he surely is going to push um, Grant like mad there. Billy Cartwright, same with Philip. If he's in a race, he's, he's got a massive chance of winning, hasn't he? Um, so it, I, it will be absolutely fascinating to see them these boys firing down the hill after the top. So if they're together at the top, it literally could be a he who does not roll their ankle on a on a tussocky mound. It sounds like it's a rough old descent. Ben Roffery, legend of the pod. Um, I think he's third. Is he third? No, he's not third overall. I can't remember where he is in the table. Ben, ben does any, does well in anything, doesn't he? So he's going to do well. Third overall um, is Brennan Townsend. Uh, no disrespect, Brennan, but I don't think he's as fast as the other boys over the short stuff. He's also just done Wasdale and came second. He's, he's as fit as a butcher's dog, so he'll probably be recovered in time, but there's got to be a chance that Wasdale legs might still feature, even though we've got quite a, an interval between the two races, but I don't think he's going to be up there close enough. Finley Grant, of course, is class, so he's going to be snapping at the reels. Maybe if he's a little bit detached from the front boys, I think he'll still be... He'll have him in sight, um, and I think he'll take the under-23s pretty comfortably. So I'm going to say Grant first, Dan's going to pick Billy, um, and then Ben will just about fit uh, pick Finley. So that's my odds. So I've only gone for the top men and women. I've not gone to the vets, no disrespect to the more mature entrance to the races. Um but, but I, uh, that's that's where I'm going to put my money. But of course, I'm not betting on Philippa because, well, she's she's fantastic, isn't she? So come on, Graham, you can do it. Bring it on for me. Um, all right, that's the end of the road for me. Um, have a good run if anyone's doing it. And peace and love. All the bloody best. So those were Alex's predictions, which he sent me before um, the race down in Snowdon, which may have changed opinions, it may not. It's uh, a different race, it's a different course, different courses suit different runners and uh, different conditions may have different results. I'm just basically saying the word different there. Um, You might be indifferent to me saying the word different and you might wish I'd say something different. What I will say is that I very much appreciate Alex putting his neck out there. Um, It makes it a bit of fun to have a bit of punditry. It's not what I'm very good at. And yeah, it's a bit of entertainment, isn't it? Thank you, Fran, for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm not sure if everyone's going to thank you for requesting Florence and the Machine. A bit of a tricky one for my musical abilities. So I'm going to play you guys out with the normal outro music, which I'm sure you're happy with. Um, And then if you stick around beyond that, you get to hear Florence and the Machine shake it out. One other thing that really was striking watching the footage of the Snowden race and it got ChatGTP excited, was the headband of Daniel Howarth. It was rather spectacular. Uh, 
I'd actually sported a Alice band myself, I'd say, back in about, um, let's say, 2003, 2004. So it's uh, the long hair headband is a look that uh, I do have big respect for. Dan kind of went with a sort of John McEnroe-esque uh, headband and it, it, well, it just looked splendid and I think, you know, if it is to remain a feature of this podcast, my friend's haircut, why not have some poetry? There was a fell runner called Dan who wore a stunning headband. His ascending skills were most handsome, displaying athleticism that held competitors to ransom. Oh my... What a man. That was the podcast. We talked about running. We talked about other things too. Thank you for joining. We hope you enjoyed it. That was on the bait foot. Regrets collect like old friends Here to relieve your darkest moment I can see no way, I can see no way And all of the ghouls come out to play Every demon wants his pound of flesh But I like to keep something to myself I like to keep my issues strong It's always darkest before the dawn And I've been a fool and I've been blind I can never leave the past behind I can see no way, I can see no way I'm always dragging that horse around all of these questions, such a mournful sound Tonight I'm gonna bury that horse in the ground So I like to keep my issues strong It's always darkest before the dawn Check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out Check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out And it's so hard to dance with the devil on your back So shake him off I'm done with my graceless heart So tonight I'm gonna cut it out and then restart Cause I like to keep my issues drawn it's always darkest before dawn. Check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Oh, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Oh, oh, and it's hard to dance with the devil on your back. So shake him off. Oh, oh, oh. And it's hard to dance with a devil on your back. And given half the chance, I would have take any of it back. It's fun, romance, but it's left. Who do I be rapping? It's always darkest before the dawn. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm damned if I do, and I'm damned if I don't. So here's two drinks in the dark at the end of my rope. And I'm ready to suffer, and I'm ready to 
shot in the dark Aimed right at my throat Looking for heaven Found the devil in me Looking for heaven Found the devil in me Well, what the hell I'm gonna let it happen to me Check it out, 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 oh whoa, check it out, 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 check